Section 21 of The Anatomy of Melancholy, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For further information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Anatomy of Melancholy, Volume 2, by Robert Burton. Section 21. Partition 2, Section 3, Member 2. Part two. Baseness of birth is a great disparagement to some men, especially if they be wealthy, bear office, or come to promotion in a commonwealth. Then, as he observes, if their birth be not answerable to their calling and to their fellows, they are much abashed and ashamed of themselves. Some scorn their own father and mother, deny brothers and sisters, with the rest of their kindred, and friends, and will not suffer them to come near them, when they are in their pomp, accounting it a scandal to their greatness to have such beggarly beginnings. Simon, in Lucian, having now got a little wealth, changed his name from Simon to Simonides, for that there were so many beggars of his kin, and set the house on fire where he was born, because nobody should point at it. Others buy titles, coats of arms, and by all means screw themselves into ancient families, falsifying pedigrees, usurping scutcheons, and all because they would not seem to be base. The reason is for that this gentility is so much admired by a company of outsides, and such honour attributed unto it, as amongst Germans, Frenchmen, and Venetians, the gentry scorn the commonalty, and will not suffer them to match with them, they depress and make them as so many asses to carry burdens. In our ordinary talk and fallings out, the most opprobrious and scurril name we can fasten upon a man, or first give, is to call him base rogue, beggarly rascal, and the like. Whereas, in my judgment, this ought of all other grievances to trouble men least. Of all vanities and fopperies, to brag of gentility is the greatest. For what is it they crack so much of, and challenge such superiority as if they were demigods? Birth? Tantane vos generis tenuit fiducia vestri? It is known ends, a mere flash, a ceremony, a toy, a thing of naught. Consider the beginning, present estate, progress, ending of gentry, and then tell me what it is. Oppression, fraud, cousining, usury, knavery, bawdry, murder, and tyranny are the beginning of many ancient families. One hath been a bloodsucker, a parricide, the death of many a silly soul in some unjust quarrels, seditions, made many an orphan and poor widow, and for that he is made a lord or an earl, and his posterity gentleman for ever after. Another hath been a bawd, a pander to some great men, a parasite, a slave, prostituted himself, his wife, daughter, to some lascivious prince, and for that he is exalted. Tiberius preferred many to honours in his time, because they were famous whore-masters and sturdy drinkers. Many come into this parchment row, so one calls it, by flattery or cousining. Search your old families, and you shall scarce find of a multitude, as Aeneas Silvius observes, qui sceleratum non habent ortum, that have not a wicked beginning. Aut qui vi et dolo eu fastigii non ascendunt. 
as that plebeian in Machiavel, in a set oration, proved to his fellows, that do not rise by knavery, force, foolery, villainy, or such indirect means. They are commonly able that are wealthy. Virtue and riches seldom settle on one man, who then sees not the beginning of nobility. Spoils enrich one, usury another, treason a third, witchcraft a fourth, flattery a fifth, lying, stealing, bearing false witness, a sixth, adultery, the seventh, etc. One makes a fool of himself to make his lord merry, another dandles my young master, bestows a little nag on him, a third marries a cracked piece, etc. Now may it please your good worship, your lordship, who was the first founder of your family? The poet answers, Aut pastor fuit, aut illud quod dicere nolo. Are he or you the better gentleman? If he, then we have traced him to his form. If you, what is it of which thou boastest so much? That thou art his son? It may be his heir, his reputed son, and yet indeed a priest or a serving man may be the true father of him. But we will not controvert that now. Married women are all honest. Thou art his son's son's son, begotten and born infra quator maria, etc. Thy great-great-great-grandfather was a rich citizen, and then in all likelihood a usurer, a lawyer, and then a a courtier, and then a, a country gentleman. Then he scraped it out of sheep, etc. And you are the heir of all his virtues, fortunes, titles. So then what is your gentry, but as Hierom saith, opes antiquae, inveteratae divitiae, ancient wealth, that is the definition of gentility. The father goes often to the devil, to make his son a gentleman. For the present, what is it? It began, saith Agrippa, with strong impiety, with tyranny, oppression, etc., and so it is maintained. Wealth began it, no matter how got. Wealth continueth and increaseth it. Those Roman knights were so called, if they could dispend per annum so much. In the kingdom of Naples and France, he that buys such lands, buys the honour, title, barony, together with it, and they that can dispend so much amongst us, must be called to bear office, to be knights, or fine for it, as one observes, nobiliorum excensu judicant, our nobles are measured by their means. And what now is the object of honour? What maintains our gentry but wealth? Nobilitas sine re projecta vilior alga. Without means gentry is naught worth, nothing so contemptible and base. Disputare de nobilitate generis sine divitiis est disputare de nobilitate stercoris, saith Nevisanus the lawyer. To dispute of gentry without wealth is, saving your reverence, to discuss the original of a maird. So that it is wealth alone that denominates, money which maintains it, gives esse to it, for which every man may have it. And what is their ordinary exercise? Sit to eat, drink, lie down to sleep, and rise to play, wherein lies their worth and sufficiency, in a few coats of arms, eagles, lions, serpents, bears, tigers, dogs, crosses, bends, 
fesses etc and such like baubles which they commonly set up in their galleries porches windows on bowls platters coaches in tombs churches men's sleeves etc if he can hawk and hunt ride a horse play at cards and dice swagger drink swear take tobacco with a grace sing dance wear his clothes in fashion court and please his mistress talk big fustian insult scorn strut contemn others and use a little mimical and apish compliment above the rest he is a complete egregiam vero laudem a well-qualified gentleman these are the most of their employments this their greatest commendation what is gentry this parchment nobility then but as agrippa defines it a sanctuary of knavery and naughtiness a cloak for wickedness and execrable vices of pride fraud contempt boasting oppression dissimulation lust gluttony malice fornication adultery ignorance impiety a nobleman therefore in some likelihood as he concludes is an atheist an oppressor an epicure a gull a dizzard an illiterate idiot an outside a glow-worm a proud fool an arrant ass ventris et inguinis mancipium a slave to his lust and belly sola que libidine fortis and as salvianus observed of his countrymen the aquitanes in france sicut titulis primi fuere sic et vitiis as they were the first in rank so also in rottenness and cabinet du roi their own writer distinctly of the rest the nobles of berry are most part lechers they of touraine thieves they of narbonne covetous they of guienne coiners they of provence atheists they of rheims superstitious they of lyon treacherous of normandy proud of picardy insolent etc we may generally conclude the greater men the more vicious in fine as aeneas silvius adds they are most part miserable sottish and filthy fellows like the walls of their houses fair without foul within what dost thou vaunt of now what dost thou gape and wonder at admire him for his brave apparel horses dogs fine houses manors orchards gardens walks why a fool may be possessor of this as well as he and he that accounts him a better man a nobleman for having of it he is a fool himself now go and brag of thy gentility this is it belike which makes the turks at this day scorn nobility and all those huffing bombast titles which so elevate their poles except it be such as have got it at first maintain it by some supereminent quality or excellent worth and for this cause the ragusian commonwealth switzers and the united provinces in all their aristocracies or democratical monarchies if i may so call them exclude all these degrees of hereditary honours and will admit of none to bear office but such as are learned like those athenian areopagites wise discreet and well brought up the chinese observe the same customs no man amongst them noble by birth out of their philosophers and doctors they choose magistrates 
their politic nobles are taken from such as be moraliter nobiles virtuous noble nobilitas ut olim ab officio non a natura as in israel of old and their office was to defend and govern their country in war and peace not to hawk hunt eat drink game alone as too many do their loisii mandarini literati licentiati and such as have raised themselves by their worth are their noblemen only though fit to govern a state and why then should any that is otherwise of worth be ashamed of his birth why should not he be as much respected that leaves a noble posterity as he that hath had noble ancestors nay why not more for plures solem orientem we adore the sun rising most part and how much better is it to say ego meis majoribus virtute praeluxi i have outshone my ancestors in virtues to boast himself of his virtues than of his birth Cathisbaeus, sultan of egypt and syria was by his condition a slave but for worth valour and manhood second to no king and for that cause as jovius writes elected emperor of the mamelukes that poor spanish pizarro for his valour made by charles v marquis of anatillo the turkey pashas are all such pertinax philippus arabs maximinus probus aurelius etc from common soldiers became emperors cato cincinnatus etc consuls pius secundus sixtus quintus johann secundus nicholas quintus etc popes socrates virgil horace libertino parte natus the kings of denmark fetch their pedigree as some say from one ulfo that was the son of a bear a tenui casa saepe vir magnus exit many a worthy man comes out of a poor cottage hercules romulus alexander by olympia's confession themistocles jugurtha king arthur william the conqueror homer demosthenes petrus lombard petrus comestor bartholus adrian the fourth pope etc bastards and almost in every kingdom the most ancient families have been at first princes bastards their worthiest captains best wits greatest scholars bravest spirits in all our annals have been base cardan in his subtleties gives a reason why they are most part better able than others in body and mind and so per consequence more fortunate castrucius castrucanus a poor child found in the field exposed to misery became prince of lucca and senes in italy a most complete soldier and worthy captain machiavel compares him to scipio or alexander and tis a wonderful thing saith he to him that shall consider of it that all those or the greatest part of them that have done the bravest exploits here upon earth and excelled the rest of the nobles of their time have been still born in some abject obscure place or of base and obscure abject parents a most memorable observation scaliger accounts it et non praetereundum maximorum virorum plerosque patres ignoratos matres impudicas fuisse 
I could recite a great catalogue of them. Every kingdom, every province will yield innumerable examples. And why then should baseness of birth be objected to any man? Who thinks worse of Tully for being Arpinas, an upstart, or Agathocles, that Cilician king, for being a potter's son? Iphicrates and Marius were meanly born. What wise man thinks better of any person for his nobility? As he said in Machiavel, omnes eodem patre nati, Adam's sons, conceived all and born in sin, etc. We are by nature all as one, all alike, if you see us naked. Let us wear theirs, and they our clothes, and what is the difference? To speak truth, as Bale did of Petrus Scalicius, I more esteem thy worth, learning, honesty, than thy nobility. Honour thee more that thou art a writer, a doctor of divinity, than Earl of the Huns, Baron of Scradine, or hast title to such and such provinces, etc. Thou art more fortunate and great, so Jovius writes to Cosmo de Medici, then Duke of Florence, for thy virtues, than for thy lovely wife and happy children, friends, fortunes, or great duchy of Tuscany. So I account thee, and who doth not so indeed? Abdolominus was a gardener, and yet by Alexander for his virtues made king of Syria. How much better is it to be born of mean parentage, and to excel in worth, to be morally noble, which is preferred before that natural nobility, by divines, philosophers, and politicians, to be learned, honest, discreet, well qualified, to be fit for any manner of employment, in country and commonwealth, war and peace, than to be de generes neoptolemi, as many brave nobles are, only wise because rich, otherwise idiots, illiterate, unfit for any manner of service. Udalricus, Earl of Cilia, upbraided John Huniades with the baseness of his birth, but he replied, In te ciliensis comitatus, turpiter extinguitur, in me gloriose bistricensis exoritur. Thine earldom is consumed with riot, mine begins with honour and renown. Thou hast had so many noble ancestors, what is that to thee? Vix ea nostra woco. When thou art a dizzard thyself, quod prodest pontice, longos de mate censeri, etc. I conclude, hast thou a sound body and a good soul, good bringing up? Art thou virtuous, honest, learned, well qualified, religious? Are thy conditions good? Thou art a true nobleman, perfectly noble, although born of Thersites. Dumoro tu sis, Iacidae similis, nonatus sed factus. Noble cat ex hoc hen, for neither sword, nor fire, nor water, nor sickness, nor outward violence, nor the devil himself can take thy good parts from thee. Be not ashamed of thy birth, then. Thou art a gentleman all the world over, and shalt be honoured, when as he, strip him of his fine clothes, dispossess him of his wealth, is a funge. Which Polynices in his banishment found true by experience. Gentry was not esteemed. Like a piece of coin in another country, that no man will take, and shall be contemned. Once more, though thou be a barbarian, 
born at Tonton Teac, a villain, a slave, a Saldanian negro, or a rude Virginian in Dasamon Quepec, he a French monsieur, a Spanish don, a seigneur of Italy, I care not how descended, of what family, of what order, baron, count, prince, if thou be well qualified, and he not, but a degenerate Neoptolemus, I tell thee in a word, thou art a man, and he is a beast. Let no terrae filius or upstart insult at this which I have said. No worthy gentleman take offence. I speak it not to detract from such as are well-deserving, truly virtuous, and noble. I do much respect and honour true gentry and nobility. I was born of worshipful parents myself, in an ancient family, but I am a younger brother, it concerns me not. Or had I been some great heir, richly endowed, so minded as I am, I should not have been elevated at all, but so esteemed of it, as of all other human happiness, honours, etc., they have their period, are brittle and inconstant. As he said of that great river Danube, it riseth from a small fountain, a little brook at first, sometimes broad, sometimes narrow, now slow, then swift, increased at last to an incredible greatness by the confluence of sixty navigable rivers it vanisheth in conclusion loseth his name and is suddenly swallowed up of the euxine sea i may say of our greatest families they were mean at first augmented by rich marriages purchases offices they continue for some ages with some little alteration of circumstances fortunes places etc by some prodigal son, for some default or want of issue, they are defaced in an instant, and their memory blotted out. So much in the meantime I do attribute to gentility, that if he be well descended, of worshipful or noble parentage, he will express it in his conditions. Nec enim feroces progenerant aquilae columbas and although the nobility of our times be much like our coins, more in number and value, but less in weight and goodness, with finer stamps, cuts, or outsides than of old, yet if he retain those ancient characters of true gentry, he will be more affable, courteous, gently disposed, of fairer carriage, better temper, or a more magnanimous, heroical, and generous spirit, than that vulgus hominum, those ordinary boors and peasants, qui adio improbi agrestes et inculti plerumque sunt, ne dica maliciosi, ut nemini ulum humanitatis officium praestent, ne ipsi deo si advenerit, as one observes of them, a rude, brutish, uncivil, wild, accurish generation, cruel and malicious, incapable of discipline, and such as have scarce common sense, and it may be generally spoken of all, which Lemnius the physician said of his travel into England, the common people were silly, sullen, dogged clowns, sed mitior nobilitas, ad omne humanitatis officium paratissima. The gentlemen were courteous and civil. If it so fall out, as it often doth, that such peasants are preferred by reason of their wealth, chance, error, etc., or otherwise, yet as the cat in the fable, when she was turned to a fair maid, would play with mice. A cur will be a cur, a clown will be a clown, 
he will likely savour of the stock whence he came, and that innate rusticity can hardly be shaken off. Licet superbus ambulet pecunia, fortuna non mutat genus. And though, by their education, such men may be better qualified and more refined, yet there be many symptoms by which they may likely be descried, an affected fantastical carriage, a tailor-like spruceness, a peculiar garb in all their proceedings, choicer than ordinary in his diet, as Hierome well describes such a one to his Nepotian, an upstart born in a base cottage, that scarce at first had coarse bread to fill his hungry guts, must now feed on kickshaws and made dishes, will have all variety of flesh and fish, the best oysters, etc. A beggar's brat will be commonly more scornful, imperious, insulting, insolent, than another man of his rank. Nothing so intolerable as a fortunate fool, as Tully found out long since out of his experience, Asperius nihil est humili cum surgit in altum, set a beggar on horseback, and he will ride a gallop, a gallop, etc. Desaivit in omnes, dum se posse putat, nec bellua saivior ullast, quam servi rabies in libera colla furentis. He forgets what he was, domineers, etc., and many such other symptoms he hath, by which you may know him from a true gentleman. Many errors and obliquities are on both sides, noble, ignoble, factis, natis, yet still in all callings, as some degenerate, some are well deserving, and most worthy of their honours. And as Busbequius said of Suleiman the Magnificent, he was tanto dignus imperio, worthy of that great empire. Many meanly descended are most worthy of their honour, politicae nobiles, and well deserve it. Many of our nobility so born, which one said of Hephaestion, Ptolemaeus, Seleucus, Antigonus, etc., and the rest of Alexander's followers, they were all worthy to be monarchs and generals of armies, deserve to be princes. And I am so far forth of Sicelius's mind, that they ought to be preferred, if capable, before others, as being nobly born, ingenuously brought up, and from their infancy trained to all manner of civility. For learning and virtue in a nobleman is more eminent, and as a jewel set in gold is more precious, and much to be respected, such a man deserves better than others, and is as great an honour to his family as his noble family to him. In a word, many noblemen are an ornament to their order. Many poor men's sons are singularly well endowed, most eminent and well-deserving for their worth, wisdom, learning, virtue, valour, integrity, excellent members and pillars of a commonwealth. And therefore, to conclude that which I first intended, to be base by birth, meanly born is no such disparagement. Et sic demonstratur, Quod erat demonstrandum. End of section twenty one.